Aloha, listeners. Welcome to Superstitions, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Alastair Murden. In this show, we explore the roots of superstitious beliefs through original short stories. The tales we tell may be fiction, but they all reveal some truth about why and how human beings protect themselves against bad luck. Today's superstition starts with the universal fact that everyone loves a vacation. Unless you're a travel blogger for a living, the drudgery of daily life gets to all of us. Sometimes you just want to forget about it all, if just for a weekend. Grab a plane ticket and head to an island somewhere. A popular destination for such a getaway would be the Hawaiian Islands. Estimates say tourism accounts for 23% of the tropical state's economy. You may want to go to the Big Island and marvel at the pristine beaches and marvelous slopes formed by millennia of volcanic activity. But be warned, such places are not meant to be disturbed. After a particularly lovely vacation, it's common to take a souvenir back with you. Nothing big, just a bottle of sand or a piece of rock. It may seem a harmless gesture. But according to a persistent rumor, that is just the kind of thing that'll put a black mark on your destiny and earn the ire of a goddess whose power is still very much active. You, the tourist, will come home with more than a tan. You'll also bring home Pele's curse. You can find episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Coming up, we'll meet a victim of this curse and see how he intends to make everything right. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Louis Wheeler could barely remember his first trip to Hawaii. All he had was a series of sensations and blurry images. The smell of the ocean, the tang of sulfur on the air, black volcanic rocks surrounding him wherever he looked. He'd been a child at the time, probably no more than four or five, and now, decades later, he was making an overdue return. If you found yourself sitting next to him on his North Star flight and asked him what was bringing him to the Big Island, he wouldn't be able to say. Not because he didn't know, but because saying it aloud would make him seem crazy. The customs form on his lap asked, what is the reason for your visit? He wrote, vacation, but somehow that still felt like a lie. As soon as the plane touched down, Louis had his guard up. Before stepping into Kona International Airport, he checked and double-checked his pockets. Passport, wallet, keys, and rock. Of these items, the rock was the most important. A piece of black igneous, it was about the size of a barbecue-ready piece of charcoal. He clutched it tightly in his hand all the way to the hotel. This piece of solidified lava, which he had unwittingly scooped off the island as a child, had been haunting him for his entire life. 
At first, it seemed like run-of-the-mill bad luck. The car accidents at Fenwick High, the house fire that forced his family to relocate, the career that kept him afloat but seemed always on the verge of stalling out. And now, his impending divorce. When he read about the Hawaiian goddess Pele and her wrathful attitude towards thieves, it felt like he'd finally found the answer. Did he really believe he had been cursed by a Polynesian deity? He wasn't entirely sure. Did he need an excuse to leave home and take stock of his life? Absolutely. Do you have a reservation? The man at the front desk looked like he had stepped out of a travel brochure, impossibly white smile and all. Louis cleared his throat. <clears throat> yes, it's under my name. He held out his ID. The man looked it up and down, tisked, and handed it back. There's no reservation under this name. Louis was taken aback. Not even just under Wheeler? There's a Simon Wheeler. Louis let out a deep sigh. Oh, sorry. I forgot to sign out of my soon-to-be ex-husband's account when I made the booking. Probably happens all the time, huh? The concierge's grin didn't falter, but his voice was deadpan. Not as often as you'd think, sir. One exhausting conversation later, Louis found himself without a hotel room, sitting at a beachside bar and watching the sun go down. It turned deep orange. Then, just as the final sliver of light dipped below the horizon, it shimmered green. A voice spoke beside him. I'm sorry for your troubles. He started and turned to see a woman leaning against the bar beside him. Long, dark hair cascaded past her shoulders and her eyes glinted red with the dying sunset. After taking a moment to recover from her sudden appearance, Louis said, What do you mean, my troubles? She shrugged. You're a tourist, dressed like a city boy. Men like you only come here when they're at a crossroads. You wouldn't believe how many businessmen I've seen stand on that cliff, contemplating throwing themselves into the rocks, just because the woman who devours the earth took their golf course away. Louis sheepishly looked down at his rumpled suit. She was right. His outfit did give the impression of a guy who just lost his life savings on the stock market. I suppose I should be wearing a Hawaiian shirt, huh? She shrugged. Or no shirt at all. Whatever makes you look less strung out. And sometimes, all someone needs to look less strung out is a new companion to talk to for an evening. The woman introduced herself as Kavena, though she said her full name was too long for him. She was originally from Tahiti, but came to Hawaii a very long time ago and stayed. A few drinks later, he let slip why he had flown out here. So, you're here because of a rock? She asked, somehow keeping a straight face. I... I'm not sure, Louis said. This divorce is just... It hit right when I was thinking about everything that went wrong in my life. I moved back in with my folks, and there the rock was, sitting in the attic, untouched. Kavena waved a hand dismissively. Everyone's life has more bad than good if looked at from a certain perspective. Louis objected. But I can't even get a room here. Kavena looked him up and down with that strange, piercing gaze. I can. Now, Louis hadn't come to this hotel for a hookup. He was here to drop off a rock, not get his rocks off. If asked, he'd say he was more attracted to men than women anyway. But somehow, he was so swept up in this new intriguing friend, he quite lost track of himself. 
Before he knew it, they were inside a luxurious suite Kavena had all to herself, complete with an unbroken view of the sea. She asked, Tell me, why is your marriage ending? My husband, he wanted something else out of life than I did. Of course, I only realized that after I caught him, um, with someone else. I'm sorry, he cleared his throat. Look, I'm not looking for a rebound. She smiled sadly. Neither am I. Count yourself lucky. I'm told I can be extremely jealous. Poets have often said there are some sensations which are so incredible that you see stars. Louis wouldn't have described his night with Cavenna quite like that. It was more like looking into the heart of a volcano. Oceans of fire, rivers of magma, boiling, bursting passion that fills every part of your being until it feels like you're liable to catch fire yourself. That overpowering feeling was all Louis could recall the next morning. J. Brando Bones at your service. What do you need? Less than eight hours later, Louis found himself at a place called Bare Bones Tours, trying to conscript a ride from its talkative owner. I'm afraid you're out of luck, buddy, Mr. Bones continued, sifting through a stuffed binder. I ain't got no tours today. Next one is on Monday. Louis tried to insist. With his luck, he daren't take a rental, but Mr. Bones was unmoved. He was moments away from calling up Hertz when he saw the man perk up at something behind him. Louis turned to see Cavenna, looking just as radiant as she had the night before. Sitting at her heels was a small white dog. The agent backtracked with astonishing speed. I didn't realize you weren't traveling solo. Perhaps we can work something out. Where are you two going? Louis informed him. As the agent rushed to prepare a car, Louis turned to his new traveling companion. Why do you want to go with me? Surely tourists bumbling around a volcano are a dime a dozen here. Kavena shook her head. She said, There's a sincerity to you that I quite like, Louis. I want to see what Kilauea looks like through your eyes. Mr. Bones reappeared, swinging a pair of car keys around a finger. He remarked, Well, he's no Lohiao, but these days I guess you take what you can find, huh? It's actually your lucky day. I was heading that way myself this afternoon, but I can go early. For a discounted price, I'll take you two with me. This was too convenient an offer to refuse. Soon they were on the road speeding through greenery as Mr. Bones rambled about the irony behind Hawaiian pizza. Pineapples aren't even indigenous to Hawaii. They're something that was brought over by the Dole family, a family who, might I add, was instrumental in deposing Hawaii's monarchy. So... Am I saying calling that pizza Hawaiian is adding insult to injury? It's not really my place. I just find it interesting. Oh, here we are. Shaking himself awake, Louis realized that they had come to a stop where the road ended and the park began. The park was green and lush, the last thing that Louis expected so near a volcano. Are you sure? He looked at both Kavena and Mr. Bones. Kavena nodded. The crater is a lot closer than you'd think. Louis took a deep breath and stepped out onto the trail. All he had to do was find the crater, throw away the rock, and whatever curse it had placed on him would be dispelled. Little did he know what awaited him in the heart of the volcano. Hi listeners, Alastair here with a new series I think you'll really enjoy. They say there's someone for everyone. 
a soul to share your secrets with, a companion to grow old with, a conspirator to commit crimes with? Starting this February on Spotify, learn about the lethal and legendary lovers who fought the law in the Parcast Limited series, Criminal Couples. If you've ever referred to your best friend or beloved as your partner in crime, this exclusive series is for you. Discover the radical side of romance with a collection of unlawful love stories from shows across the Parcast network. Track the nefarious exploits of Bonnie and Clyde, meet married mafiosos Jackie and Thelma Wright, and enter Fred and Rose West's real-life House of Horrors. Fall for the most famous and feared pairs in history in the Spotify original from Parcast, Criminal Couples. Enjoy two-part episodes every Monday starting February 1st. Follow Criminal Couples free and exclusively on Spotify. Now, back to the story. Rosalani Akamu was awake early. She didn't even bother to wake her girlfriend before setting off to work. Their friends often called them a sunrise-sunset kind of couple, and that never felt truer than on days like this. She always told herself that sunrise was the best time to catch vandals and trespassers who snuck past the kapu signs, but she really did it for the quiet. For tourists, the soul of Hawaii was luau's, guava juice, grass skirts, and coconut bikinis. For Rosalani, the soul of Hawaii was less marketable. It was hearing the island breathe when there was no one around, no cameras flashing or outsiders squabbling, a part that the tourists could never take from her. Her morning rounds took her to the very edge of the Kilauea caldera. Sheer cliffs fell away into a blasted plain, at the very end of which a plume of white smoke rose toward the horizon. The Halema Umau crater, where Pele slept comfortably. A sound caught her attention, and she turned to see a man standing on the edge of the cliff. He wore a rumpled suit, and his hair was a scraggly brown color. He reached into his pocket, then raised his hand back as if to throw something. Hey! Rosalani shouted. The man startled and nearly fell off the edge before righting himself and shoving his hands in his pockets. As she approached, she saw someone was standing behind him, a Hawaiian woman seemingly. As she approached, she said, I hope you weren't planning on littering here. The man stammered for a moment. No, I wasn't. You've got the wrong idea. Do you have an ID on you, sir? Rosalani produced her ticket book, ready to write the man up. Trapped, the man, Louis, told her what he was doing. Rosalani rolled her eyes and put away her book. Let's see the rock then. Louis handed it over. It was from here all right, though the years had worn its edges smooth. Rosalani smirked. Well, at least you didn't try to mail it. You wouldn't believe the amount of letters we get every day, always tourists feeling guilty about offending Pele, or because of a silly made-up curse. Louis looked sheepish. I know it sounds illogical, he began. Rosalani almost laughed. Sir, I'm not dismissing it because it's superstitious. I'm saying we made it up. Or rather, some park ranger long before my time, presumably to keep idiots from taking bits of the island home with you. Louis shrank. Oh, but his Hawaiian companion took a step forward. Her voice was soft, but had an edge to it when she spoke. 
If it irritates you all so much, why do you let it continue? Rosalani shrugged. We don't mind it. It's illegal to tamper with the national park anyway, but the law doesn't scare people half as well as the curse of a volcano goddess. Anything that helps, right? If Rosalani had known who she was speaking to, perhaps she would have been less blasé, or maybe just less willing to implicate herself. Kavena's eyes blazed. When she spoke again, her voice rumbled like the earth itself. You presume to know, Tutu Pele, Kaiwahine Aihonua, at your own peril? Am I merely a tool to enforce human laws? For millennia, men, women, and Mahu have paid homage to me, knowing that I am both a creator and a destroyer. Rosalani and Louis quailed before the raw power emanating from Kavena. If it wasn't automatically clear what was happening, the appearance of a white dog barking at the woman's heels made Rosalani double certain. Pele spoke one last time. Now, people use my image for trade and commerce. How are you, a representative of the government that enslaved and took away my people any better? How could you show your goddess such disrespect? Suddenly, there were only two people left on the edge of the caldera, Louis and Rosalani. They looked around in stunned surprise. Kavena, who in truth was none other than Pele's human form, had vanished, and Kilauea spoke for her. The mountain shook. The sky darkened, filled with ash and smoke, a red glow rose from the opposite end of the caldera. It was a mile away, but that was far too close. Rosalani felt her stomach drop. She'd heard this sound once before when she was a teenager. Hawaii's largest volcano was erupting. The park ranger and the tourist ran down the trail as fast as they could. When they broke out of the foliage, they were nearly run over by a panicky tour guide in a Panama hat and askew sunglasses. Louis yelled, Mr. Bones, get us out of here! Mr. Bones seemed hesitant to stop for even a moment, but he unlocked the doors and the two piled in. Outrunning a volcano is a risky endeavor, even if you get a head start like the enterprising Mr. Bones and his passengers. Mountainside roads swerve back and forth and double back on themselves, while lava follows no such constraints. It may have moved slower, but it burned in a straight path towards them, as their car wove through the jungle. The entire time, Louis was muttering to himself, It's my fault. I brought us here. It's my fault. Could you get the tourist to shut up? Mr. Bones called from the front seat. He's really not helping. Eyes on the road, Rosalani shouted back. A moment later, they left the road and started plowing through a golf course. Mr. Bones cackled as they went, delighting in the property damage he was getting away with. The lava would erase all evidence of the crime anyway. The flames behind them moved faster than the lava that caused them. There was no escape from this, even when you reached the ocean. Sure enough, soon a cluster of coastal buildings came into view before them. Rosalani saw a number of boats speeding towards the horizon, away from the encroaching lava. When they reached the main thoroughfares, it seemed they'd gone as far as they could go. The road leading to the docks was chock-full of abandoned traffic. 
Rosalani and Bones leaned forward, trying to ascertain if there was any way to get around the gridlock. Then, they heard the unmistakable sound of a car door opening. What do you think you're doing? Mr. Bones shouted. Rosalani turned and saw Louis sprinting back the way they came. What he was running towards took Rosalani's breath away. The wall of smoke, ash, and fire was impressive enough, but all the more shocking was the woman walking inexorably towards them. The one who had called herself Kavena mere moments ago. Her dress was burning but not consumed by the flames. She had become wreathed in a garment of fire. Rosalani made to follow Louis, but she felt a hand on her shoulder. It was Mr. Bones. If you step out of this car, don't expect me to wait for you. I don't, she said. She shrugged his hand off and ran after Louis, up the slope and through the torn-up golf course. He had a head start, but she was stronger and used to chasing people across the slopes of Kilauea. She grabbed his arm and tried to pull him back, but Louis pulled himself free. I have to stop this! You can't, Rosalani said. Didn't you hear what she said? I have to try, Louis replied. My choices brought me here, and I can't run from the consequences. Rosalani looked around them. The flames seemed to have made an arc around them, encasing the two in a ring of fire. Before them, the woman, walking along her river of lava, approached. There was no escape. Smoke thickened the air around them. Rosalani dug around in her pockets for something, anything to breathe through. As she was pulling a handkerchief free, she felt something slip from her pocket. It was Louis' rock. She watched it spin through the air and land on the green. Louis picked it up and took a step toward Pele, hand outstretched. Rosalani watched in awe as he set it gently on Pele's palm. Pele closed her hand around the rock. Soon, fresh, bright orange lava flowed from between her fingers. If not for the incredible heat, it would have looked like she was squeezing an orange. She reached out and embraced Louis. Rosalani yelled at him to break away, but he did not move. The lava flowed over his shoes and fire began to course up his body. Louis made no sound of pain or surprise, and when Pele stepped away from their embrace, he had transformed into a statue made entirely of black igneous. Rosalani watched in horror as the petrified form of Louis melted, shrinking into the lava below. Her vision swam. She knew she'd already inhaled too much smoke. Too late, she realized the truth. Pele had never cared about the rock. It was a myriad of slights built up over years that had driven her to a breaking point. The volcano had borne all the disrespect it could before finally erupting. As the goddess turned to face Rosalani, her knees buckled and she dropped like a stone. Either from shock or smoke inhalation, the park ranger had fallen unconscious. When she awoke, the island was quiet. The lava lay still across the coastline. She could see fire trucks moving to and from the affected area. People scrambled to put out house fires and many highways were completely buried by the lava. But as was always the case after such an eruption, the island felt renewed. The eruption may have caused thousands of dollars in property damage, 
but it had also been an act of creation. When Pele's outburst reached the sea, the lava cooled and added about 400 acres of new land to the island in newly formed rock. Rosalani made a promise that day. She would correct the prevailing attitude among her colleagues. The myth of Pele's curse would not spread due to her action or inaction. She would show respect to the goddess in a less presumptive manner. The shaper of sacred land does not need fake curses and rumors attributed to her. She needs to be recognized for her true power. J. Brando Bones, however, had made no such promise. Photos of him standing by with the eruption in the background became the banner image for the Bare Bones Tours website, and whenever anyone asked him about taking souvenirs from the parks, all he said was, Look, I ain't gonna tell you what you can and can't do, but people in my profession have a long history with this here mountain. He would then pause for dramatic effect and add, Have you ever heard of Pele's Curse? The story of Pele's curse is a cultural crossroads of sorts. Between the genuine beliefs of Hawaiian people and the ways the tourist industry commodifies their folklore, the story we've told today has attempted to tackle these elements in its own way. It is a modern combination of two stories, a myth about Pele taking on a human form and having a romantic encounter with a mortal, and a contemporary story of a man who found his chain of bad luck rooted in a rock he took from Hawaii. But there's more to this superstition than folklore and urban legend. You see, belief in Pele among the Hawaiian people is still a strong factor in their day-to-day -day lives. How could it not be? When you live on the edge of an active volcano, your very survival depends on vast, immutable forces beyond your influence. Because of this connection to the Earth itself, Pele is considered a living goddess. Even into the 21st century, reports persist of Pele herself appearing before a volcanic eruption, often as a young woman requesting a lift or an old lady who wants hospitality. She's even been known to appear as a white dog. As a goddess, Pele has survived the Christian missionaries of Hawaii as well as the ongoing secular influence because of her raw, elemental power. To this day, people leave offerings, also known as Ho'okupu, all over the island as a way of earning the goddess's favor. It may seem superstitious to leave offerings to a goddess today, but at least this superstition is a genuine one, born out of generations living on the very edge of destruction. Pele's obsession with volcanic rocks, on the other hand, is seemingly entirely an invention of the tourist trade, having no root whatsoever in the vibrant oral tradition of Hawaiian mythology. No chant, hula, or song about Pele mentions such a curse. The origin likely lies either with park rangers frustrated by tourists taking things from the island or tour guides fed up with cleaning sand and debris from their buses. This is the trap one falls into with superstitions. We abide by them dogmatically without questioning their origin. And a superstition like the curse of the stolen rocks may seem like one that is rooted in earnest folklore, when in reality, it's a marketing tool that we'll fall prey to if we don't think critically. 
At time of writing, the most recent eruption of Kilauea was a non-explosive event on December 20, 2020. In an increasingly secular modern world, it may often seem like we've outlived our gods. But Pele is still very much awake. Aloha, and thanks again for listening to Superstitions. You can find more episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Until next time, be wary of the things you cannot explain. Superstitions is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Nick Johnson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Superstitions was written by Robert Teamstra, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Adriana Romero, and research by Brian Petrus. I'm Alastair Murden. Listeners, don't forget to check out the new Parcast Limited series, Criminal Couples. From apocalyptic cult leaders to bank-robbing bandits, these couples give new meaning to Till Death Do Us Part. Enjoy two-part episodes every Monday starting February 1st. Follow Criminal Couples free and exclusively on Spotify.